0: Is resale necessary for the survival of sneakers as we know it? We'll get into that this time on Fire Footwear. Welcome back to Fire Footwear, everybody. As always, this is your host, Matt Freitz. I hope that this finds you well, and I want to thank you, as always, for coming back to this podcast and this YouTube channel. No matter how it is that you consume this, it's always great that people consume it. We have reached the time of year where we're all tired, man. The end of the year is tough. If you've had the kind of year that many people have, you're just waiting for that calendar to turn over to 2024. Even if you've had a good year, it's always nice to start fresh and start anew. And so as we get to the end of this year, I find myself needing to find topics. And sometimes it's a little difficult because you're trying to get gifts wrapped and you're trying to just put a bow on everything that has happened throughout the year. But luckily, I have a lot of people who listen to this show and who watch it on YouTube who ask me questions. And I say that now every single week, but it's true and it has become more true as the weeks have gone on. And lately it was brought to my attention some things that were happening around the Powerpuff Girl Pack SB release that happened recently. I think it happened earlier this week if you are watching this on Friday. And I noticed that there was some peculiar behavior around this. Two things that came to mind. First thing that came to mind, some skate shops were making people crush the boxes or destroy the boxes if they wanted to walk out with this shoe. And the reasoning and the rationale behind that is because they knew that by crushing the box, it was going to kill the resale value of this shoe. On the other hand, you had shops that were requiring people to dress up as their favorite Powerpuff Girl. Now, I would say that this pack, while fine, I don't necessarily feel a certain way about it, is really not geared toward your sneakerhead today, I would imagine. The Powerpuff Girls, I don't think, have been on television in a, in a long time, And I don't know how many people today, in terms of the entire bell curve of the sneaker world, actually care about the Powerpuff Girls in a very meaningful way. So to see these sneaker shops or these skate shops go to these lengths to make sure that people really wanted these shoes, I found it interesting. Now, the people who brought that to my attention were certainly amused by the fact that people were actually dressing up. And we'll get to that a little bit later. But the part that I want to start with is the crushing of the box. And I ask you now about resell because I think that we have always had a complicated relationship with resell. First, to talk about the box crushing, I feel like it is not the skate shop's duty to police how people participate in the culture. If there's something that I try not to do on this show and that I don't think is a good idea in any realm, it's gatekeeping. And I feel like by making people go to this shop, making them crush a box, While it is going to guarantee that they're not going to resell them, does it necessarily make it a better experience for them as a boutique or as a skate shop? I kind of feel like it is not these brick-and-mortar stores' job to police the resale market. Let's face it, not just in sneakers, but in just about any market that's out there. Scalping has always existed. If you went to a baseball game in the 1990s, there was always somebody outside trying to sell you tickets under the table. It's always happened that way. Now, it's just a little bit more overt because we have sites like StubHub. We have sites like StockX and Goat that are allowing this resale market to exist in an overt way, but in a regulated way. And that is something that we lacked a long time ago. And now the regulated part, I think, is a good thing because we as consumers at least know that we're getting into something legitimate. You could make a little bit of an argument that maybe that's not as true for StockX, but when it comes to eBay, when it comes to Goat, I feel like we are getting a very authentic experience so that you can be guaranteed that you are getting the goods that you are actually paying your hardworking money for. But when it comes to us as the consumer, I think what these skate shops are doing, and it's not just skate shops. We have seen a lot of examples of this over the years. When you go to a release, they're making you prove what your shoe size is and things of this nature. But these skate shops, these boutiques, are making an assumption about just about every single consumer that is coming into their store to buy this sneaker. They are assuming that a vast majority of people are trying to flip these shoes for a major profit. And I can understand these shops wanting to make sure that the integrity of the game stays the way that they feel that it should. And if you think about a lot of the owners of these shops, we're talking about the James Wittners of the world. They have been in the game a long time. The sneaker game matters to them in a way that maybe is different than it does to somebody who just discovered it a year ago. I can understand them wanting to preserve that. But at the same time, it's kind of gone now. It's almost impossible to preserve that. And I think what has happened now is that we, the sneaker community, are putting up with a lot of activities that aren't necessarily something that we should have to put up with. While I am somebody who has had a complicated relationship with resale because I myself am not going to pay exorbitant prices for something as simple as a shoe, I can also understand that there are people who want to make a profit off of it. And here's the thing, if Nike or Adidas or any other sneaker company didn't want that to exist, they would have done something about it already. You can go in the news over the last five years and see that Nike has been litigious out the ass no matter what it is. If they feel like you or anybody else is infringing on their ability to sell shoes and make money, they are going to sue you and they're gonna make sure that you cease and desist all of those activities. And the thing is, StockX and Goat and eBay, they haven't been sued by Nike at all as far as I can tell. The only thing that Nike has done is sued StockX for selling fake shoes on their marketplace. Nike, Adidas, Puma, whoever, they don't actually care about resell the way that we think that they do. They don't. They care about selling their product. Nike, at the end of the day, no matter how much a shoe resells for, is going to get its bag. It's always going to get its bag. And they're gonna do whatever they can to make sure that that bag continues to be had and continues to be made, and it won't matter. And so by forcing consumers to do things like destroy a box, When not everybody is trying to resell it is a policing and a gatekeeping that I just can't get behind. Not everybody wants to resell the shoes. Some people like to have the box and preserve the box because it means something to them. That's how they store their shoes. Or maybe at some point in time, they are going to sell a used pair of them because there is a market for that out there. I know for me, a lot of times I love a shoe when I see the pictures. I even love a shoe when I get it in hand. But then when I try to style it and I try to wear it, I find that I'm not giving it the kind of love that I think that it deserves. So what do I do with that? I go ahead and sell it to somebody else, not for a major profit, but I sell it to somebody else because I know that they're going to get more use out of it. I don't dictate what they can do with that shoe. I don't tell them, hey, if you buy this from me, you can't resell this shoe. It's ludicrous. It's insane. I would never be able to dictate that and nobody would take me seriously if I tried to do that. So the fact that these boutiques and skate shops are trying to do this to me is a little ridiculous. On the other side of that coin, the fact that people are willing to jump through these kind of hoops kind of says something about where we are as a culture. Destroying a box is one thing. If somebody asked me to destroy a box, I really wouldn't care all that much. It would slightly irk me because for the prices that we are paying for shoes that are going up and up and up, I kind of want to be able to go home with the goods that I pay for in the condition that I'd like to go home with them in. But if I have to destroy a box for a shoe that I absolutely must have, so be it. But I am not going to dress up as anything to get a shoe that I actually want. Think about this for a second. The Powerpuff Girls and where they are. This is a skate shop. They're not going to Comic-Con. They're not going to some Powerpuff Girl convention to do this. They're going to a skate shop. And these skate shops are asking people to, in my opinion, humiliate themselves to get a sneaker, folks. And the fact that a lot of people were willing to do it and were almost proud of the fact that they were willing to do it says something about where we are as a culture in the fact that being a sneakerhead may actually come with a lot of mental illness. When you obsess over anything, it comes with mental illness. And I am guilty of that 100%. This is not a judgmental statement whatsoever. But if you did go through all of that, if you did dress up to go to a skate shop to get this shoe, then you are so much more dedicated than I am. And honestly, so much more dedicated than a lot of other people out there. But you're not alone. Sneakerheads in general will go through a lot to get a shoe. And today, having to dress up as something is benign compared to what sneakerheads had to go through 10 years ago, 20 years ago. People were getting shot. People were selling cars. A lot of violence took place for people when it came to sneaker releases. Now, let's talk about resale for a minute. Because I asked the fundamental question at the top of the show about whether resale was necessary for the future of sneaker culture. Maybe that's going to trigger a lot of people because I know that we have had a complicated relationship on this show and just in general about where resale fits into the culture at large. I've been thinking about this a lot lately because I think that as time has gone on, I have noticed that there is a trend. I've noticed that the trend is that lots of sneakers are available and the availability is great, don't get me wrong. Certainly not a complaint that I can basically go into a Nike outlet and pretty much pick up fire just about anywhere. That is actually a good thing. But that's a good thing in the moment. And when I think about myself as being 40 years old, I think about my son who is getting older every single day. He one day is going to be part of this legacy. He one day is going to be a sneakerhead. Maybe. And that's where I find myself being hung up. How is the future going to be carried by the next generation? Resale did something for sneaker culture that I think people discounted. Maybe they didn't discount it, but I think that they discount it when they think about, I want it to be abolished. It created hype and it created a desire. It created a marketplace for people to go to where you could traffic in this idea that scarcity was real. One of the things that sneaker companies have done is given off the illusion that resources are scarce, that sneakers are rare, and they do that on purpose by actually creating rare shoes, creating small inventory for us to pick through. And the demand has never been higher or it had never been higher. And so when you have a super high demand and a very small supply, that is going to continue to get people's interest peaked. And then, of course, you add social media, you add celebrities and all of that stuff on top of it. It snowballs into this hype train that just cannot be stopped. And that's kind of where we were in 2019. And as the calendar turned over to 2020 and scarcity became a reality worldwide, the pandemic made people feel like we were running out of resources. We ran out of toilet paper. I'm almost surprised that toilet paper didn't make it onto StockX or Goat at any point. But my point is, we felt even more constricted in that regard. And then you put the last dance out. When we're all craving some semblance of connection, some semblance of humanity, we're craving something new. And that got people all juiced up. Michael Jordan was back in the mental headspace of just about everybody. He was back being a pop culture icon for a minute, and Air Jordans became the most popular thing in the world, basically. Outside of COVID news, they became one of the most talked about things. The sneaker resale market took off because people felt like sneakers were rare. They felt like they were something that you had to have. Some of it came out of boredom, but some of it came out of strategic marketing on Nike's part. And the resale market took off, Lots of people made a lot of money and now what we are left with is resale having come down to where, yes, the hype sneakers are resold at higher prices, higher prices, but we are nowhere near where we were before. And I think what has come with that, while availability is a great thing, I think apathy has come with that. And I think people need to care about it in the future. And that means that if we want sneakers to continue to be a phenomenon long past our generation, the younger generation is going to have to pick it up. And in order for them to pick it up, they're gonna have to care about it. Do they get the same feeling when they have a pair of Jordans that they wear to school? I don't know. I think select people do, but I'm talking about in a general concept. Do young people care about anything the way that we cared about sneakers or the way that I cared about collecting baseball cards or insert anything that you cared very passionately about when you were growing up and especially when you were a teenager? I think that teenagers care about being accepted. I think that's always been the case. I'm not sure that sneakers fit into the equation of whether they feel accepted or not because the availability and the lack of scarcity has made it so that just about everybody has sneakers. And while I'm on record as saying that that is a great thing, I do think that it's great. I have now come to realize that it's great today. It doesn't mean that it's great for 10 years from now. It doesn't mean that when my son is of age to actually have some heat, he's actually gonna care about it the way that I do he may look at me like I'm a lame dad trying to be too cool. And maybe that will be me, I don't know. But I think that resale actually has a place in the future. And I don't necessarily want it to go to the levels that it went to where everything sold out and it was ridiculous, but I do think that we need it. I think that the resale market has a place because it has had a place in American capitalism basically since the dawn of this country. And any other country in this world that has capitalism It just fits into that. It's how capitalism really works. Is it fair all the time? No, but I do think that it's necessary if sneakers are gonna continue to keep a legacy well past when Michael Jordan passes away and well past when we are at an acceptable age to participate in this culture. And so I think that resale just has to exist. We have to embrace it and it's needed because hype is needed. Scarcity is almost kind of needed because people need to care about it passionately. And right now, because things are so much easier to get, I think that the apathy has gone up as a result. And I'm worried a little bit about sneaker culture. Now, for everybody who listens or watches this, you all care about this. And that's why you're here. I care about it. And it's our job to spread that love. It's our job to make our children understand what it means to us. What they do with it from there, it's on them. It's not on you as a parent. But I think that we need to understand that while resale sucks because we can't get everything that we want, the idea that there is something valuable because it is scarce is actually what keeps sneakers viable in the pop culture headspace. It keeps it as something that people are talking about. Once we lose that flame, it's gone and it probably will never come back. And that ultimate question of are sneakers dead? Well, it can't be answered right now. But if you talk to me in five or 10 years, there may be a definitive answer. But before we get to that, let's get to the release of the week. Release of the week, where I like to highlight a shoe that catches my eye. It's not always hype. This time it actually is, but for a different reason but it's just something that I want you to know about. So I was asked recently about what some people have dubbed the Cactus Max, and that is the Cactus Jack slash Travis Scott Mac Attack release that came out recently. People are eating these up. They released on the Sneakers app already by the time this video came out. They sold out, I'm sure, and it is what it is. Travis Scott has a name. People are still going out for his stuff. It is what it is. But I use this as another example to talk about something, I don't wanna say negatively, but I think it is actually important. If you fundamentally look at these shoes compared to the OG colorway that came out, there is basically one difference between the OG and the Cactus Mac, and that is a reverse swoosh. Sure, there are some Cactus Jack branding in strategic places around the shoe, but if you put these two shoes side to side, they are almost the same exact shoe, and yet people are paying four times as much for them on the resale market, or at least think that people are going to pay that much for them, and while... I think that that is lazy on Nike's part, and I think that the collaboration is ultimately stupid and doesn't really further the Cactus Jack brand within sneakers. This is the kind of stuff that I'm talking about earlier that we almost kind of need. Because if Travis Scott puts his name on it and people want it, that means that people are going to want MAC attacks a little bit more going forward. Now, it's on Nike to actually provide colorways that are actually worth our money because that shoe is a little bit plain in its presentation. And I don't know if they've actually scratched the surface of being able to give us something that is undeniable fire. They need to do that, though. And this is the kind of release that every so often I think we kind of need. I think that the sneaker community needs to be reinvigorated about what it's like to actually want something that is really craved and coveted. But this is not it, in my opinion. While I think that fundamentally the release is great because it creates some semblance of hype, The execution of this shoe, flat sucks. It's lazy, it's not collaborative in my opinion at all, and while the marketing campaign was actually a lot of fun, what we're getting is not actually great. Maybe in hand there is a major difference in terms of quality, but I don't think that that's the case. Anybody who is watching this or listening to this, if you have both the OG pair and the Cactus Mac pair, I would actually love to know what the differences are because I'm not really sure. When I look at both of them, I think to myself, I would pay significantly less to have the OG than just to have the Travis Scott name associated with it. And so that's my release of this week because, in my opinion, it kind of sucks that it was so lazy, but it is also an example of why resale is important for the future of sneaker culture. And that leads me to my question. Is resale necessary for the survival of sneakers as we know it? Get in touch with the show. Instagram, at FirefootwearPod is the handle. TikTok, at firefootwearpod is the handle if you want to see some of the reels that I post there. If you're a Facebook user, Fire Footwear a Sneaker Podcast is what you would search. If you're listening to this in audio and you want to find the YouTube version of this, Fire Footwear a Sneaker Channel with Maddie Ice is what you would search for. As always, I would appreciate if you support the Matty Ice Media Network, mattyicemedia.com for the other podcasts that we have, including Iceman and Coach. I hope this finds everybody well. I hope this finds everybody safe. I wish you the merriest of Christmases, the happiest of holidays, and have a safe and healthy end of your year. And I will talk to you next time. This is Fire Footwear. The opinions and viewpoints expressed on Fire Footwear are those of Matt Freitz and his guests and not necessarily those of the Matty Ice Media Network. Fire Footwear is exclusively owned by Matt Freites and is brought to you by the Matty Ice Media Network.